Um, I'm Pastor John. I'm the youth pastor. Uh, I'm excited to get to share with you this morning. Uh, pastor Kedrick and his wife are, are in um, the Dominican Republic, and they're there with the Nutters who we support, and they, uh, this is their home church, and um, they're just getting to see what they're up to and get to check out their new place because when they left us here, they went to uh, the capital there in the Dominican Republic, and, and so they're getting settled in, and, um, and so they're, they're having a great time, I'm sure. Um, and Pastor Kedrick's parents are here. Uh, they are, they're taking the, the duty of the, watching the kids, so nice job to you. Um, and um, I'm sure they're, yeah, they'll be back tomorrow. We'll pray as they, as they travel back. Um, I'm excited because I get to go, and I'm getting to lead a trip to the Dominican Republic this July, the, um, the 11th through the 18th, and it's going to be for teens and also for adults. So it's going to be intergenerational, um, and I think, I think those are some, uh, my, my experience growing up, those are my favorite kind of trips um, because um, my family, when we were young, we went on, uh, my sisters went on a mission trip, and they're like, this is great, we got to go. And so my parents were like, all right, let's do it. And so the whole family went one summer instead of going on a, on a regular family vacation. And after we got back, they were like, that was um, so life-changing, that just needs to become the regular. We, so we no longer did um, go and see different places and whatever vacations. We just went to Tijuana, Mexico, um, every year for vacation. And, and we would build a house, and we would minister to some people there, and just really loved it. Um, so that was from like 10 until 18. That was our experience. Um, and, and we've been t- taking a few groups, Aaron and I have, and, and led some groups there. Um, but this year we're going, so we're, we're going to be this summer leading to the Dominican Republic. We've, on these trips, I've met so many, as a teenager, I've met so many um, people that I wouldn't have normally met, right? Um, people that were my grandparents' age that, yeah, I would see them at church maybe, but I would never um, just out on, on my own decision walk up and say, hi, I'm John. Can I talk to you for a while? Like that would, that would have been strange. But on this mission trip, you're kind of forced together and, and you build these relationships. And, um, and there was this uh, awesome lady, Anna Livey, who was uh, my grandma's age. And, um, and, you know, every time I would see her after this trip, she was like, John, how are you doing? And would give me a big hug. And, and then she would come and like support me at sporting events and different things. And she'd bring pie and be like, good job playing basketball. Here's a pie. And I loved it because, you know, that was great. Um, and, and so, you know, you just, it's, it's a really good experience. There's so much we can learn from each other. And, um, <clears throat> and so hopefully if you've never been on a trip, you'll, you'll think long and hard about going, come with us. Um, space is limited. Um, but uh, they said they would make a, a, you know, could go over the, the limit a little bit for us because they know us. So, um, but one of the experiences that, that I did have on a, on a mission trip um, was I was 12 and I was told, okay, you're going to lead the devotion for the night. And I thought, okay, I wasn't, I wasn't like overly arrogant. I just thought that can't be that hard. And, and so maybe that is arrogant. I don't know. Um, and, but I said, I'm, I'm going to just, you know, leaf through the Bible and wait till I find something that, um, that I've heard before, and then I'll just share that. And so I start leafing through, and I see this verse, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I've heard that before. I think I could talk about that for a while, and, um, and I think people will really, they'll be moved, right? And, um, and so I get up there, and I said, okay, the, the verse we're going to talk about is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And so I read it. I said, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then I said, so I think the Bible's telling us we should give thanks in all circumstances. Any questions? And, and like, I thought I nailed it. And so a lady raises her hand and said, should I be thankful that my husband passed away? 
uh, just, you know, a few months prior. And I was like, oh, didn't expect that. I look at her and I look at the Bible and I said, well, I think that's what the Bible says. And um, which, which was a really kind of harsh answer. And I was glad that my dad was there because he was like, uh, actually, it, that's not exactly what it says. John doesn't know anything yet. Don't listen to him. Um, but because but, what it's saying isn't give thanks for everything, right? Give thanks for all the negative things. Give thanks for everything that's bad. It's not saying that. It's saying give thanks in all circumstances. So in the circumstance of losing a loved one, in the circumstance of, of being sick, in the circumstance of whatever negative thing, we can still be thankful people. Why? Because we have Christ, right? And if everything else was stripped away, we still have him. And, and we can still be thankful um, because we have him. And, and so um, <clears throat> it's, it's this time of year when we start thinking about kind of that verse and giving thanks and what are we thankful for. And, um, and one of the things that, um, that we, you know, we, we have squished Thanksgiving into this one-week period from like last Thursday to next Thursday Thanksgiving, um, Christmas is just intruding on all sides. There, you know, there, it, it's just Thanksgiving doesn't have nearly as much buildup as Christmas does. Um, how many of you have your Christmas trees up already? I knew this service would be a lot more. Um, yeah, we do. Um, the elf is going to run out of places to hide because um, it's already been like two and a half weeks of hiding it in different places. And, um, and so... Uh, she hides herself. She goes and hides. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to ruin anything. Um, but yeah, so Christmas is just, is just getting, you know, it's attacking Thanksgiving on all sides. But Thanksgiving is great, right? Like it's one of the favorite, my favorite days of the entire year because you just, you're, you kind of, it can turn into a little bit of a lazy day if you're not on the hook for all the cooking. Um, and so I say that knowing that there's a lot of people who it's not a lazy day for. Um, it tends to be for me. Um, I just get to hang out, talk to family, and watch football, and, and just enjoy the day, and then eat really good food, and, um, and then we always go around, it, and I'm sure many of you do too, where you say, what are you thankful for, right? What, what, what are you thankful for this year? And um, our kids have been coming home from school with Thanksgiving-type paraphernalia. Um, they, they brought home a turkey bag. I don't know what we're supposed to put in the bag, but, um, but there's a turkey on it, and so it's Thanksgiving, and, you know, they're, they're all the crafts that they do. Um, and and so we asked Brinley, what are you thankful for? And she's like, got this really well-rehearsed line, my family and the people around me. And like, you know, and then we asked Brody, and he's like, food, because he just loves to eat. And, and they, you know, they have these lines, and, and you wonder what it really, because like those are good things to be thankful for, and they know those are the right answers, and, but are they really, is it really being hammered home why they should be thankful for that? Um, <clears throat> because I think probably a lot of us would say, the list is um, Jesus and, and his death for us on the cross so that we could have life and family and friends, the people around us, uh, shelter and food, right? Like those are probably some of the, the top ones that are listed on Thanksgiving. And if you go back to the first Thanksgiving, that's probably a similar list to what they said, right? Shelter, people around us, um, food and Jesus. Uh, but they probably said it in that, on that day with a very different heart, um, than what we maybe tend to do. Um, so I, I, I'm not a huge, huge reader, but I read a book, um, and I, I didn't even read it. I listened to it. Um, it was, it's a big book, and if I had saw it on a shelf, I would have never picked it up because it was like it was thicker than the Bible. And um, I read the Bible, but never all at once um, in one sitting. And so like, I, it, was just intim- it would have been intimidating, but on the little app, it just showed 11 hours of listening. And I thought, okay, 
one and a half speed. I can do that in eight hours. That's great. And I was painting our, the outside of our house, so I had time to burn. And so I'm listening to this book, and it's called The Light and the Glory by Peter Marshall. And it was only recommended on another podcast, and, um, and otherwise I, I probably wouldn't have found it. But um, it, Peter Marshall was a, is a Harvard researcher, and he and some other Harvard researchers who are Christians decided they wanted to look at, at God's influence in um, the settling of America, right, in the colonization. And um, so they looked at it all the way from the colonization of America through the American Revolution. And they looked at all the people and events and, and stuff that happened and how God played a, a role in that. What, what role, um, you know, was he in this? Was this a blessed nation from the beginning and, and things like that. And so, um, so in this book, though, it was amazing how much um, the early, early settlers' lives mirrored the Israelites because there, was, there would be, you know, these guys, they were flawed for sure. They had lots of issues, but they wanted to come to, to this new land in search of, of a better relationship with God, in search of, of making it a, a place where they could really worship him and, and live for him. And, and they had kind of these, the, the good motives. Um, but just like anything, you know, their, their own selfishness, their own pride, their um, arrogance and um, whatever else got in the way at times, and they would drift away from God. And so they're in this, they're in this new land, and, and at this point they had, they had definitely drifted away. And lots of, lots of their people had, had died. And, um, and there, there was like a, a sickness that had gone through and, and knocked out a lot of people. And they couldn't work to get the food ready. And so what food they did have, some of it was spoiled. And, um, and so they, were, they didn't have enough to even turn tail and, and head back, um, get on a boat and, and head back to, to safety. They just were stuck here. And they didn't have great shelters. And they didn't have um, food enough to make it through winter. Like it was looking really bleak. Like many of them wouldn't make it at all. Um, and, and as this was happening, as they were realizing this, they um, began to see, wow, we're really lacking in our faith. Like, we're, we're not living for Jesus. And there were a few people that, that they mentioned that, that really started this, this revival, and people came back to God, and they started worshiping him, and they started um, really crying out to him. And, and then um, shortly after that, uh, Native Americans came, and, and they helped, they, they shared food with them, and they helped them um, you know, learn valuable uh, skills for, for providing their own in the future. And they, they helped mend their, um, their shelters, and they, they were just, they helped them make it. And without their help, the, the book suggests, and, and I, we, you know, we've heard they, w- they probably wouldn't have made it. And, and they, they looked, I mean, imagine them sitting at that table saying, what are you thankful for, right? And they would have been like, we were saved. Like, we were, we were, we were done for. And, and then these people showed up, and they helped us. And God was the, the one who sent them, right? And they, they, in this, you know, the, a lot of sources, they did give credit, you know, all the credit to God. And, and it was this, this huge adversity type moment that they had to just fully put their trust in God, and he didn't let them down. He, he came through for them and, and brought them through that time. Um, when, we, when we face adversity, our, um, our Thanksgiving is amplified, right? Like, if we're just... If we're just like, yeah, okay, I went to the store and I bought a turkey and then I bought some other food and I worked on it for a while and, you know, thank you for this food. Well, you know, we did a lot of that work and yeah, we can, we can trace it all the way back to God giving us the skills to get it. But a lot of times we don't say that with a, a desperate thank you so much for this, right? The way that, that the, the early settlers might have said that on the first Thanksgiving of just, God, you saved us. Thank you for this. Thank you for the people that are here with us. Thank you for the food that we have. Thank you for our shelter. 
thank you for your son. You know, they would have, they would have said that in a much more, um, you know, kind of desperate type of way. Um, hopefully when we face problems as Christians, when we face adversity, we're, we're putting our hope and our, and our faith in Jesus. Um, because we're going to face adversity. I'm sure you guys know this. Um, if you haven't already faced adversity, it is, it is coming. Um, because sadly, that's just that's part of the life, the world that we live in. Um, Jesus, in, in John 16, he talks, he's talking to the disciples um, for like the whole chapter about how things are going to get hard and it, they're, they're going to face adversity and, and they're going to face problems and, um, and be ready for it, right? I'm telling you, this, this world, is, it's going it's to kind of reject you and you're gonna, there's going to be hard times. Um, but in the last verse of that chapter, he says in, in verse 33, I have told you these things, right? I've told you about the pain that's coming your way. I've told you them so that in me you may have peace, right? I've told you that this bad stuff's coming so that you'll keep your attention on me and not focus on the bad stuff, but focus on me and how good I am and how I'm there for you. Um, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Okay, they, you know it's coming, but God's not surprised by the, the troubles that you face. God's not um, shocked or worried about how to handle it. Um, he's bigger than this world. He's bigger than every problem, every fear, every um, bit of anxiety in this world. Um, he, is, he is bigger than it. And, and he wants you to have peace in him. And he wants your, you to have a great life. Um, John 10.10 10 says he wants you to, to live life and have it to the full. Right? He, wants you to, he wants your life to be the fullest it can possibly be. He wants you to be uh, full of joy and no matter what's going on, even in, even in rough circumstances. Um, when, when we put our faith in God, when we say, God, I'm going to trust you in this thing, right? It might be something small, but we say, God, I'm going to trust you in this thing. And then he is good and he comes through for us. Then the next time we're able to say to the bigger thing, God, I'm going to trust you in this thing. And then he comes through and it just keeps growing our faith to where we're able to have um, a, a faith that, you know, where we, where we believe God can do anything for us. Um, let's look at some, in, in scripture, there's some, um, some people who, who had incredible faith. And, I'm, and, and we hear some of the the hilltop stories, and I'm sure that there were, um, God was working to, uh, in, in ways that we didn't even, don't even see in Scripture, to build the faith in these, in these people, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, they were commanded to, to bow down to this golden um, statue, this golden idol, and, and they said, we're not going to do it, and they said, well, if you don't do it, we're going to throw you in this furnace, so you better do it, and they thought, for sure, that'll work, right? And the response in Daniel 3, 17 and 18 says, uh, if, we are, if we are thrown into a blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your, your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, we will, never, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Okay, so he's saying, God is more powerful than that furnace. We, he, can, he can save us from it. He can um, take care of us. We can be, re, you know, um, brought through this unscathed if he wants. But if he chooses not to, he's still worthy of our love and our loyalty and our, and our commitment to him. We're not going to um, just try to take the easy route and, and bow down and, and whisper to God in our minds and say, just kidding, God, right? You know that I'm only doing this because, because I'm, I have to to stay alive. No, we're going we're gonna to honor God and we're going to be faithful to him. And if you throw us in the fire, then so be it. And, and we're going to trust. If we feel every bit of the pain that comes with that, God's still worth it. He's worth every, every bit of it. Um, or there's Daniel who similarly was told, um, hey, you need, you need to change how you pray. You know, you're not to pray to any, any other God. 
And he said, uh, you're not in charge. I'm going to pray to God the way that I've always prayed to God. And so he does, and they arrest him, and they throw him into a pit with lions. And he was faithful in that. You know, if the lions tore him apart, he's saying, God, that's, that's okay, I'm, as long as I'm in your will. And, but we know God shut the mouths of the lions. He was saved. Um, and, and Noah building a giant boat nowhere near water, just having faith, um, facing the ridicule and all the, all the people mocking him. Um, Gideon uh, was told, hey, you know, you and these 300 men, go fight 100,000 soldiers, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you to victory. It's not going to be through you. It's going to be through me. Um, and so they, they went and did it, and of course God came through. Or Joshua was told, hey, go take this city of Jericho. Yeah, it's got big walls. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to get in on your own. Okay, well, how are we going to do it, God? God says, walk around the city. Just walk around a few times and, and blow some horns, right? That's not exactly how it went. But, um, but he, he said, this is the plan. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's for me, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come through, right? And, and how foolish, you know, there, there is surely some doubt, I would think, as, at least by some of the people walking around, like, okay, we're on day five, and I don't even see any cracks yet. You know, uh, what, what's going on here? Um, how is this supposed to be helping anything? But they continued to put their faith in God, and he rewarded it. Um, and so uh, if they were at your table this Thanksgiving, what would they say? Like, what would their, what would their Thanksgiving be? It would be, like, we, we serve, I'm so thankful that we serve an incredible God who has our backs, who cares about us, who thinks about us, who, who, who wants the best for us and is taking care of us in all these situations, who can do so much more than we can, right? Um, their Thanksgiving might have a little bit more enthusiasm behind uh, what they say than ours. And I, you know, hopefully, hopefully ours does as well. Um, but um, so it all worked out for them. Everything, all of these situations, all the, all the stuff that happened, it all worked out the way that they would have hoped, right? Okay, they, we conquered the army, the walls fell, you know, all of these things happened just like they wanted. Um, what about when it doesn't work out, right? Uh, because because those, that's, when it's, that's the danger, right, of, of giving God control and taking your hands, you know, away. What if, what if he lets me down? Well, one, he's way better equipped to handle whatever than you are, so... Um, you know, just, just let it go. But, um, but that, that fear is real. What if it doesn't turn out the way that I want? Because we, we do hold tightly to things of this world, even though we're not, we're not really supposed to. Um, but after Jesus' resurrection, uh, his followers, they were, uh, they were called to go, they were called to go spread his name throughout the world. They were called the Great Commission, right? Our Great Commission, too. We're supposed to go out and, and reach the lost and, and share his name with everyone we come in contact with. But, but they were told to go out and do this. And for the disciples, all but John were killed, a lot of them in, in horrible ways um, because of their faith, because they, they, they lived out their faith and they were talking about it. Um, even John, who wasn't killed, faced a ton of persecution, was, was boil, had boiling oil thrown on him and, um, and different things like that. John the Baptist was, was sent here um, and God had a purpose for him and he lived it out. And his reward at the end was being beheaded. Well, we know that's not the reward, because right, the, the reward was what came next. But on this life, at the end of this, of this life, well lived for God, he was beheaded. Right? If we could bring them back from heaven here to be with us and said, you know, are you guys thankful? What are, what are you thankful for? They would first start telling us all about heaven. Right? And there wouldn't be an ounce of regret about what they did. Like, you wouldn't hear any of them say, oh man, I wish I would have been a little less bold for Christ because that really hurt, you know, that the, when, when I died that day or when this thing happened, like that really was painful. No, they're, they're going to say, 
I'm in God. I'm in heaven with God, in the, in the presence of God. Everything is perfect. There's no pain. There's, there's nothing. Like, it's all worth it. Everything in this life is worth it to just follow him because we, because we serve an amazing God. Um, they, they wouldn't have any regret at all. Um, when, we, when we put our complete trust in God, um, it takes the burden off of us and, and allows him to really work in that. Um, one, uh, kind of a, a close-to-home story uh, for Aaron and I, we, we were married nine years ago. We were married, um, like, what? I don't know. I can't do math. Uh, four years at this point. We'd been married for four years, and we're like, I think it's about time to, to start a family, to start having kids. And, and so um, she had known that this might be a, a little bit of a struggle just from um, some tests that she had done earlier. And so um, after, after a little bit of time, we went and saw a fertility doctor, a fertility specialist. And, um, and if you've ever been on that road or know anybody who has, it's kind of like a major ups and downs, roller coaster, um, you know, lots of, of excitement followed by, uh, you know, like just, just downer. And, um, and at one point we were like seven months into the, into the journey, I think roughly don't, um, Aaron will correct me later if I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, we were like seven months in and, and, she gets. She calls in to see her blood work because they would test. They would take her blood work and and check all these different things and and that would tell if she was pregnant because um, it was too soon for even a pregnancy test. And so she was a little anxious and call, would call uh, frequently. And the nurse answered and and she said, "Well, you're you're not not pregnant." And Aaron's like, "What? Like that's awesome." And and came out and I think this is the right time that I was I was outside mowing and she was like. And I came in, and, and she told me that we were not not pregnant and didn't know what that meant. And I was like, great, that's better than not pregnant. And, and so then later she talked with the doctor, and he was like, yeah, she shouldn't have said that. You technically were preg- are pregnant, but um, your hormone levels in your body, which I had no idea how much that played a role in it, um, they, they're just not right for, for having, you, you, it won't be a successful pregnancy. And, um, and they were, he was right, and so we kept kind of going down this path, and and there was a lot of frustration, and Erin's a researcher, and so she started, like, Googling all of this stuff, and she was reading clinical trials and, and doing all, you know, just all of this legwork trying to figure something out, and she suggested a medicine to the doctor, and, um, and so he put us on that for three months, and, and then he said, but after that one, and that one was, like, $10 a month, which was, you know, easy, um, and then the, about three months after that, we were going to start on shots, which were going to be... Um, injections every day in her side that she's going to have to give herself or I was going to have to do it, which I didn't want to do that. And uh, I can't imagine, I bet she didn't either. Um, and, and they were going to be uh, $3,600 a month. And, and that was a little uh, worrisome for us, for sure. Um, we weren't going to be able to do this for very long. And, and so we just like, we were praying about it all the time. And, and the first couple of months go by on the new medicine, nothing happens. And um, and then we're at church a couple, like a, a few days before the appointment that would say if the last month of it worked or not. And we're at church and we're in worship and Erin kind of leans over and she's like, hey, I'm going to go up to the altar and, and pray. And which, by the way, um, we don't, that doesn't happen very often here, but um, there is something really cool about coming up and, and kneeling at the altar and praying and, and spending that time with God kind of taking that step out of your seat. God can definitely hear your prayer just as well from where you're at um, as he can from up here. But, but there's just something, something about it. And so 
um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see us start doing that. And it doesn't have to just be about, you know, the big, huge, life-changing things. It can just be, God, I want to connect with you better um, and, and spend time with you that way. Uh, but so she comes, she comes, like, she says, okay, I'm going to go up to the altar and pray and starts walking. And I'm like, okay, I'll come with you. And she turns around and says, I don't want you to come. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, normally people have somebody go up with them and, like, I'm your husband, but um, that's okay. I'll just stay here. And so she goes up, and I just stand there, and I'm, and I'm praying for her. Um, and I didn't know exactly, I, I had an idea of what it was about, but I, I wasn't exactly sure. And, and so she um, goes up there and, and tells me later that it was, she just said, God, I want your will, I want your, your plan. Um, if this isn't what uh, you have for, uh, for our lives, then, then that's okay. And I'm putting it in your hands, which is hard because she's a, a researcher. Um, and, and so we go to the doctor a few days later, and they do the blood work, and they say, your hormones are still way off. Not, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, it didn't work. Go ahead and buy the, the shots, right? And so we bought the shots, and um, we get home, like, frustrated and down and, like, just feeling like this isn't going to work ever and, and whatever. Um, and then a few, about a week later, she's like, I'm feeling kind of weird. So she takes a pregnancy test, and it says positive. And she's like, that's weird. Uh, so she takes five more. And, and then she's like, well, they all said positive. Um, maybe I should call the doctor. So she calls, and, and he's like, well, it might be the same thing as last time where um, it's weird that they would show positive, but your hormones were so far off, there's, you, you don't have a chance. Um, and so don't get your hopes up. And so we'll come in next week, and we'll, we'll do an official test. And, and so we go in, and, and they do the test and find out, yes, she is pregnant, and um, the hormones are all leveled or, or whatever, and um, and he said, I have, I have absolutely no explanation for this. I don't, I don't know how this happened. Um, where you were, you should not have been able to, to become pregnant. And we're like, we know um, that God is, is stronger than, than that and, um, and can do whatever he wants, right? And, and our faith in God, um, when we have faith in the really hard things, right? And that was um, one of the, the hardest things that we've, uh, that we've gone through, um, especially together in that way, where, where we can just really rely on him and he and he came through in a huge way and it and it definitely did give us reason to to trust him and and um to 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 be to be faithful in the future and i know that um it doesn't always work out that way and 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 we you know it doesn't always work out where where everything is is perfect but uh, but even in that he's still good um as we as we close this morning um i just want you to know faith in god is never misplaced um, and one of, the, one of the biggest examples that I have um, right now of seeing faith uh, really lived out, even in, in a, a horrible situation, is um, a good friend of mine from high school. We played sports together and did, you know, all sorts of stuff together. Um, he, so he and his wife are, they're, they're in the midst of it right now. So if you want to, if you pray for them at some point, um, Jeff and Rachel, uh, she is, she had some cancer come back in the middle of a pregnancy, uh, brain tumors, and and so they did an emergency C-section. They um, delivered this baby. And so now they got a brand-new baby and a two-year-old. And the wife is, does not have a great prognosis. They did brain surgery a couple weeks ago. But I, I say all that to say, even in the midst of all this negative, all of this um, hard stuff, um, there is so much good flowing out of them. There's so much um, praise to God. There's so much thanksgiving for, for the good things that he, that he has um, done in their life and is doing in their life, and um, 
they're truly living out that verse in, in John 16:33. I want to read it again for you. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. When we, have, when we are in the midst of, of the struggle, we may have peace because of him. In this world we will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Okay, even um, when it doesn't turn out the way that we want, um, he's still good. He's still worthy of living for, and, um, and he's there for us and comforts us in the, in the negatives because we could all point to things where we said, God, I want this to happen this certain way, and it didn't, and we're like, what? But he's still good, and he's still worthy of our praise, and he's still, um, he's still worthy of our thanksgiving, even in that, even in that negative time. Um, you know why the disciples and, and, and different martyrs were willing to die for their faith? Because they, they had seen Jesus. They had they'd been with him and saw his, his faith, his goodness, and, and they saw that he um, was who he said he was, that he was the son of God, and, and that if they followed him, they would be able to have life. And because of that promise, they were willing to do whatever. They were willing to go um, to the extremes of, of faith and, and even putting their lives on the line. Um, I hope we're willing to do that in our faithfulness and and in putting everything, even the small things, in God's hands to, to let Him to let Him be in charge of. And one last thing before we do the closing song and um, and pray and get out of here, uh, this Thanksgiving, I, I hope that you do the go around the table and say what you're thankful for. I hope we do that, but I. I want to challenge you to take it a step further and, and share, share just something of, of why you are able to have faith in God, right? Not just, well, because he said to or something like that, but like, what are some of your experiences where God is, has come through for you? Because um, if you share those, yeah, it might be a little bit awkward, or, um, but, but I don't think it has to be. And if you start sharing some of, you know, where, when God's come through for you, how empowering is that for the, the, the other people that are listening to that? How, empower, how great is that for the kids that are sitting there? Because like, there are times where I talk with students and I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, what has God brought you through? And they're like, I mean, I had the flu last year. You know, some of them haven't dealt with major things yet. And that's good because, you know, nobody, nobody wants to wish that on, on kids. But, but they haven't had those major faith-building experiences yet in a lot of cases. And so when you or we share stories of, yeah, God is good because I was struggling and this is what I prayed and this is what happened and we can trust him. Um, those are, are life-giving and, and really empowering for, uh, for the young ones around you. So, um, so yeah, do that. Let me close in prayer. God, we do thank you so much for all of the gifts, for all of the things that you've done in our lives. God, we thank you for sending your son so that we can have hope because without him, there would be no hope. God, I pray that uh, you'll just continue to draw us to you. God, help us to, to hunger and thirst for more of you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.